The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode 136. Going to recap your week 24 in the NFBC online championship fab as we do week to week for you here and get you ready for the uh, upcoming final weeks of the season, listener questions, and more. You can check myself out on Twitter at BDentric and my co-host is always on Twitter at BatFlipCrazyToby. How we doing, man? We're doing well, Bubba. I'm a, I've got my Reds hat on today. Big Reds fan this week. Nine yeah. games. It's not been fun be. for us yet uh i mean yeah i i have a kino everywhere so the two run homer well that helped there you that go. that helped out and i got a lot of pirates and that's that's been better so yeah um yeah it's it's uh yeah it's one of those times when you really try to take advantage of the nine game weeks and the eight game weeks and mm-hmm. trying to get as many people um in there as possible but we're close Yep, we're close. This yeah, this last week, yeah, the the one nine gamer, like there's three eight gamers, and there's like five five gamers. So you had some definite uh, ways to differentiate and maximize at bats if you needed to. So if you took your time, you could have made a, quite the waterfall on bids this week, even just dollar bids to see where things landed. 
we'll get to our fab uh, ads of the week, but I'm very bitter because there's one red that has been playing every day that has not played yet this week. I don't know if you played in game two of the doubleheader. I might have missed. I'll have to check while we're talking, but I am not happy with that fab acquisition so far. So we'll, oh, get, no. to that. we'll get to that pretty soon. But uh, I was thinking hopefully he plays some more because I'm not happy about that at all. But uh, who is it? Donovan Solano. He's been playing. Oh. He's been, he, he was hitting like third and fourth for like two straight weeks. And I, I don't know if he played in game two today, but he didn't play in game one. He didn't play yesterday. And I'm like, yeah. you've got to be kidding me right now. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Out of all the weeks to do this, this is the week we're going to play this game. Thanks. Thanks a lot. So, yeah. That, and trust me, that was just a desperation. Like, I want at-bats. I want counting stats. I want stuff. That was the only reason. He was, he was getting dropped this weekend. There was no, no questions about it. But, yeah, it's what it is. Fun times this year. And we're going to have much more of that to go because there's going to be pitchers getting short outings you don't know about. There's going to be random extra days off for guys. Like, there's going to be all kinds of goofy stuff down the stretch here. And we'll do our best to help you with that. But there's only so much uh, in the crystal ball we can look at. So um, let's get at it. Let's talk about fab ads for the week. We've got a couple young guys, so they'll kind of steal the, the thunder for most added players this week. And we'll go from there. And the most added player this week was Hunter Brown in 146 leagues, as high as 267, as low as $1. He's the uh, Houston Astros rookie pitcher. He's pitching pretty decently in the minor leagues. He's come up now, made a couple appearances for the Astros in his debut. He was uh, outstanding. Six innings, three hits, no run, five Ks against Texas. He made his second start tonight on Tuesday as we're recording. Six innings, five hits, two earned, six more Ks in that matchup. So he's done pretty darn well in his two outings, Toby. I guess, like, you know, if you got to look at it a little deeper, it's, and I know we have a listener question on it later, but I was like, does he stick around? Um, Verlander's just started throwing again. So I'd imagine to get one, if not two more, Brown starts just in that section of it. They have a six man rotation. They want to limp into the playoff with some of these pitchers. Um, I don't, you know, Verlander would take his spot, I'd imagine, but it might be another week or two. So what's your thoughts on, on Hunter Brown? Yeah, I mean, he was up there on my list of guys, but I wasn't overly aggressive on him just because I do think from the sound of it, I mean, Rotowire on their grid has Verlander plant pitching on Sunday, and um, and that's what I've, I've heard rumblings of that happening. So that's what I was kind of banking on. So I really saw it as maybe one start, maybe 1.5 starts in, in case he gets the second one. Um, he did pretty well in his first start. You know, I think it's just a situation where, You've got a pitcher for Houston who, you know, and they're going up against the Tigers. So you got to like your chances of, of getting a win, you know, at least more so than usual. So I think that's the impetus, but he pitched well. Um, I haven't dove, dove, I haven't dove in or I haven't dived in whatever you do dive or dove. Um, whatever that is. I, uh, I haven't done that for this start today. Um, but I guess we could do that pretty easily here just to see what he was able to, uh, to achieve, but yeah, I liked him. He was, he was up there on my, um, uh, on my bid list, but again, not super aggressive pitching is not a, a priority for me that much right now. Yeah. Um, in some spots. So he had six whiffs today on 82 pitches, a 34% CSW though. No. So yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. You nailed what you nailed why I wasn't super in on him either. It's not that I didn't like him. It's, it's kind of a combination of how long, and starting pitching is not the thing I was most concerned about these days. It was if I'm going to get pitching, I'm going to load up on relievers for the coming weeks when we're going to need them compared to starters. And that's kind of where my focus was. I was more focused on getting bats and like Cincinnati guys, which we'll obviously talk about on this show. But yeah, starting pitcher wasn't the main focus for me. The kid looks good. He'll be a fun one to keep an eye on for DCs next year. 
because I don't know if he'll start in the rotation because they still will be pretty deep. I haven't looked deep into the free agency aspects of the Astros, obviously, but Hunter Brown's at least making a name for himself to have a conversation for 2023 for sure. All right, Josh Jung, this is a fun one. Picked up at 145 leagues as high as 110. Uh, this is a guy that we thought when he was injured because it was the lockout. We didn't know about the injury. Then it comes out he's injured, and he has to have surgery. I think most of us wrote it off as he's done for the year. It was like a shoulder deal, pretty much labor thing, done. Well, he's come back. He rehab looked good, and he's been crushing it already out the gate. He had an RBI double on Tuesday night. He's now at safely in five of six games with five extra base hits. Still strikes out a ton. That's a big big thing with him. He strikes out a lot. But the power's legit, hitting in the middle of the Texas Rangers order. He's going to play every day, barring something stupid. So this was a good move if you needed it. I just didn't need corner infield help. That was the problem. He didn't fit in my my rosters. We talked about it like in the last couple of weeks that now you're at the point of the season. Focus on the stats and the positions you need, not just the player because he's a hot new commodity. That was the trouble for me with Josh Jung. But I think he's a hell of a player, and it's going to help somebody probably down the stretch here. Yeah, I wasn't that into Jung either or Young. Um, he was, he was, he was, he's good. I mean, he's got the prospect pedigree and stuff. Like you mentioned, you know, the strikeouts are an issue. His bat projection is 235 with two home runs and a stolen base in uh, 71 plate appearances. So pretty much like rest of season. That's what they're anticipating him getting, which just isn't that, uh, it's just not that. Great. You know, and it could be that he gets hot. You know, he's already got the two home runs. He's got a steal as well, which is really good. But as you mentioned, he's striking out 55% of the time, you know, 429 Babbitt. Um, but it's small sample days. Well, you know that when he has a 77.8% fly ball rate, yep. um, he's gotten a couple barrels already, but you know, again, there are contact issues. Um, Jeff Zimmerman had a tweet just highlighting like what his whiff rate is on sliders. So he's likely to see those, but he'll get ahead of him some counts and some pitchers will make mistakes. So I wasn't overly aggressive on him. Again, I'm kind of playing the volume game as you mentioned before, but I can see why people are excited. And, and, you know, it's oftentimes the rookies where you're not really quite sure what you're going to get, where people are more aggressive than they would be otherwise. Yeah. hundred percent. It came down to certain team needs and also like my budgets are getting low. So I'm, I want to – some leagues I just couldn't save money, but if I could save money, I'm not spending it on Josh Chung right now, unfortunately. Like, I like the guy. I was pumped. I tweeted it out, too. I'm like, uh, on Friday, I'm like, look, at I get to put him in my DCs because I drafted – A, as Ryan Bloomfield told me last Thursday, if you have Josh Young on dra- champion leagues, that means you have a drafting problem because we found out about his injury in, like, January. So you, that means you have a November or December draft. Yes, guilty. I had a couple shares of him, though, so I'm very happy to put him out there right now. That was the plus to it. All right, TJ, is it Friedel or Friedel? I feel bad for this. I think it's um, Friedel. Friedel, that sounds Friedel. more. That sounds right. TJ Friedel picked up in 102 leagues as high as $33. I dug in on him a lot this week, and I know a lot of people liked him. And he was, you know, he's available in not as many leagues as you think because he's been hitting since since August 1st, hitting 333 with six home runs, a stolen base, but 15 runs, 15 RBIs, striking out less than 15% of the time. He started leading off over, like consistently over the last week or so for the Reds. They have a nine game schedule coming up. This dude seemed like the, on paper, the best guy to add. You have the leadoff hitter, nine game red schedule, swinging the bat. Well, like this guy needed to be a hundred percent roster by the end of the week. Pretty sure he is now, but um, it's been a kind of slow go the last couple of days. People are already panicking, but I'm like, Hey, we've seen the talent from him. I think it's a good move. And, he, and I think he's a guy on like some other reds, like the Solanos and stuff. He might be worth hanging on to in certain formats, even after this week, the way he's playing leading off for the Reds. So I, I like TJ quite a bit. 
Yeah, I, I, he's a really good example, like to compare to to Young because when you look at him, like his his bat projection: two fifty six, two home runs, one steal, same number of run and RBI as Young, and this that's in sixty three plate appearances. Um, for Friedel, we have a larger sample for him. You know, he's kept the strikeout rate really low, so he's putting the ball in play. In 224 plate appearances, he's got seven homers and six steals. So, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not super good at it, but like 18, 19 home runs, you know, uh, 14 steals, something like that, you know, over a 600 plate appearance season. That'll play. And with nine games this week, and I think a pretty decent schedule, you know, next week as well. Let's see. Yeah. Boston for two and then Milwaukee, but Milwaukee's not the same Milwaukee right now with their, with their lineup. So, you know, again, the nine games, you kind of keep him. It's all right-handed pitchers next week, too, for Friedel. So that's a really good Clutch. bonus for him. Um, so, again, yeah, keep him through next week and, you know, kind of figure out what to do from that point forward. But I really liked Friedel. Who was at the top of my list between him and Aquino, where I didn't already have Aquino, was really came down to, like, whether I needed the steals or not. Like, if I needed home runs and RBI more, and I was Aquino – if I need the steals more, I was Friedel. Makes a ton of sense. Tons of sense uh, trying to differentiate it too. It's all about team needs right now. And the thing is, if you like you said, keep Friedel next week and then take it from there. Taking it from there, you have about a week and a half to go. So it's like it, it's, exactly. it's just like it's this not it's you're gonna start pulling the pin on a lot of guys here. It, it doesn't matter. I, I think it was it might have been Jenstead and Erickson said it this week. I know we've talked about a lot of guys have been talking about it. That pretty soon you just don't care about where that ADP, like you should have done it already. But you should not be caring about ADP now. Your lineup next week might look like the bad news bears if you thought about it back in April. Just it's what what's working right now. It's all that matters. You have to get the name back. Like a, there's a golf thing we use for like a, uh, stats that you can block out the player's name so you don't have a bias. So it's like a biasy mode. Mm-hmm. So all you see are the stats, and that way you can pick and choose based on just who is playing well, regardless if you think that guy's bad. That's how you like just put like a paper over the left side of your screen and just and set the best rock, uh, roster you can for the week. All right, like this guy, for instance, I have him everywhere in DCs because he was like my third shortstop, Elvis Andrus. The uh, A's DFA'd him, and the White Sox, like what they say, is one man's trash, another man's treasure. Uh, the Chicago White Sox picked him up, and Elvis has been leading off for the White Sox uh, since they added him on August nineteenth. Sit down if you're if you're not yet. Elvis Andrus is hitting two ninety three with five home runs, fourteen runs scored, twenty RBIs, two stolen bases, and like a fifteen percent K rate. He had two more hits on Tuesday night. Like, this is the Elvis Andrus. Like, this might even be peak Elvis Andrus with the power we're seeing. This is crazy. What's going on? Sustainable? Who knows? Sustainable for two and a half weeks? Possibly. So, it's, it's pretty wild to see what Elvis is doing right now, uh, Toby. That makes him pretty much a must start, I think, in 12 teams and deeper for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned it. 13 home runs um, is his second highest total in his career behind the 20 that he hit in close to 700 plate appearances in 2017. So just to give you a sense of how well he's playing 13 and nine on the year, you know, 55 and 50. I mean, that's a little light, but, but still, I mean, definitely playable. Yeah. You know, every year you hope that you have like those one or two fab weeks that just go incredibly well. And last week was definitely one of those weeks for me picked up Andrews in my mate, my biggest league. Um, and it was just beautiful to have him, um, Last week, I think they had eight games. I think he hit at least two homers, yeah. had a steal, just scoring tons of runs at the top of that lineup. It was great. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, he's still Elvis Andrews. It doesn't change, but again, like we're dealing with such small samples. You're just hoping you, you catch lightning in a bottle and everybody's kind of, nobody's super good. That's on the wafer wire, you know? So, um, you, you just run them out there and hope you get lucky. Like you, you have the last few weeks. Yep. Cross your fingers and see where it goes and it'll be cheap and you drop them if you have to. But yeah, there's not a lot out there, especially in those deeper formats, like you said. So see what you can do. Like this next guy, for instance, this is where it goes back to the age old conversation. Is a two start streamer worth streaming? That's the conversation I have. And Bailey Falter came into that discussion. Uh, 66 leagues as high as $31. He had a two step this week. He had Miami on, um, on Monday, I believe, or Tuesday. Tuesday, he had so he had tonight. He had uh, Miami tonight, and then he had um, Atlanta at the end of the week, I believe. So, not the easiest of schedules here for Bailey Falter. And on tonight's start, he went uh, he six innings, four hits, one run, four Ks, got the dub. So that was a good one. You know, he faced Miami last time out, five and a third. He's pitched well of late. I'll say that much. Strikeouts have been inconsistent, but overall, he's been pretty good. That Atlanta start terrifies me, though. If you guys look at splits for teams and just look like the last 30 days, you can go deeper if you want. They've been good all year. Just like look the last 30 days like I do for DFS. I wouldn't want to be a lefty against them, period. I don't care what lefty it is. They are destroying left-handed pitching. Now, Falter could literally fool them. Maybe they fault against Falter. Who knows? But Ooh, uh, that was a good one. Dad jokes all night. I got you. But um, yeah, I was not in on Bailey Falter. What's thoughts? Yeah, I, I wasn't. He wasn't really available in, in most of my leagues in my 15 teamers. In a 12 teamer, uh, it's a little dicey, but you know, he was, he did face Miami in his first start, and he's a left handed pitcher, and Miami it just sucks looking, against yeah. left handed pitchers. Yeah. And, um, and so Falter, uh, just looking at his last five games, you know, he's been pretty good. The walk rate has dropped considerably, which I think is really um, important. It's down at 2.6% over his last five games. And those are all starts. Swing strike rate at 11.5%. Um, K percentage at 22.6. O swing at 31.3. Z contact at 87%. So he's been about at or slightly above league average for you know, for the last five games and, and he's been, he's been pretty decent. So I think in 15 teamers, you roll him out there because he's at least league average, if not better, um, which is very startable in, in a 15 teamers, particularly with the two weeks and, and the Miami matchup, but he wasn't available in most of my leagues, but for people who were able to snag him in a 15 teamer, that's, that's nice. And a 12, you know, there's just a little bit limited upside. I don't know what his max for K's was, as you mentioned, like yeah. they've been a little hit and miss, but, um, you know, he did have one start with eight Ks against Pittsburgh. He's had a couple, a few sixes. sixes. So decent. Sixes, yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's almost all or nothing. It's kind of disappointing when you're playing him against the Marlins who do strike out a lot versus lefties and he goes and gets three Ks. You're like, this was the one. This was the start. You're supposed to do this. Now you got to go up against the juggernaut in Atlanta to, to top it off. So, and you never know. Things can change. But I, at this point of the year, it's like early in the year, you can kind of take these gambles if you want. So you have time to fix your ratios. Um, and this, and there's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. You have time to fix it, but you could also say, well, this time of the year, it's so like the guy has to get like destroyed, destroyed to affect my ratios. Atlanta can do that though. That's the only concern I have. That's the only concern. So we'll see. Hopefully you guys that took your chances are successful. John Gray returned for the Texas Rangers, picked up in 60 leagues as high as $45. Made his return on Monday night in Miami, three and two thirds, two hits, no earned, no walks, five strikeouts as they kind of start extending him out, probably just to get him back to normal before the season ends. Uh, he was not available in any of my leagues, so I had no 
no room to add him. Like, but yeah, I get adding him. It's just the whole thing is if you need wins, probably not going to help you for at least a week, if not two. And that's just where you have to start thinking, is it worth it to you? Can you afford to roster a guy that's legitly going to have no chance at a W for you? That's tough. Yeah, I think that was the major concern for me. I, he wasn't available in any of my leagues either, but um, uh, yeah, or maybe maybe he was available in one, but it's really tough to throw guys out there. Like that was my dilemma with Jeff Jeffrey Springs. Yep. Today, I have him in a bunch of leagues and I started him in two of the three, thankfully. He pitched really well, but, and I, I should have thought about this. He was pitching on the day of a double header, so, you know, the raise, the raise, the, yeah, they needed him to go deep, which made a lot of sense. And I hadn't really thought of that. That was a really good perspective. I would have started him everywhere if that was the case, if I knew he was going to get those two. But um, yeah, if you just don't know if the guy's going to go five, it makes the ceiling not that high and the floor super low. And, and especially now when like I look at some of my leagues and the difference in ratio, it's like four or five points, you know, for 0.05 ERA or point zero you know point zero three whip or something like that you know so it's just things can change pretty dramatically still pretty quickly the best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day but if that's not in the cards this year you can still learn a language the second best way and that's with Babbel. be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And so it's just a matter of trying to make those, you know, those good decisions. And with Gray, there just seemed to be limited upside. I will say just as like, you know, a pitcher, I mean, he's been really good this year. Um, He's definitely taken those steps forward. Like when you look across the board, he's got the lowest Z contact of his career, highest O swing of his career, um, highest first pitch strike of his career, uh, highest K minus walk rate of his career, highest swinging strike rate of his career. You know, so across the board, you know, we've seen those improvements, whether it's leaving cores or the Rangers are, are, they have a decent reputation, I think with pitchers. And so, um, you know, he, he'll definitely be an interesting guy next year. He can't quite get healthy. You know, he's, he's hit 150 innings one, two, three times, um, and zero times since 2019. So again, injury concerns, but definitely a guy who's taken a step forward this year. No, I'm a hundred with you. He's a guy that'll be worth targeting most likely next year. Again, he looked really, really good outside of those injuries. So hopefully finishes strong. And this little start looked good. It's just a uh, limited pitch count as we all expected there. Man, when I saw the, the Jose Leclerc run this past week, I'm thinking, are we still in 2022? It's like flashbacks of when he actually was the closer for the Rangers. And he's back in the closing role for the Rangers. Added in 57 leagues as high as $53. Leclerc has picked up saves in three of his last four outings. Gave up one run in the other outing and got the loss. But getting a couple strikeouts here and there. 
He's uh, got five saves now on the year. He's been good, but it's still the same LeClerc method, though. You know, the ERA is good. The XFIP, not so much because he's not the most dominating strikeout guy. He's doing it right now, but he still walks a lot of guys. That's his biggest thing. So, you know, Kato walks only around 16 17%, which you'd like to see a lot more from your closer. Otherwise, it's going to leave guys on base, and all takes a bloop and a blast, and you are in trouble yet again. So what's your thoughts on Jose LeClerc? If you're chasing saves, it made a ton of sense. If you weren't, maybe not. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a little, it's tough because we've kind of seen who the pitcher he is, right? He's yeah. got an incredibly high walk rate for his career. Like you mentioned, 14.1% over the course of his career. So, you know, those blowups are very, very possible at the same time. Like he's pitching in some ways better than he ever has in his career. Like at least from a walk standpoint, he's got the highest first pitch strike rate of his career. He's got the highest O swing of his career. Um, that's always been his issue is getting chases on pitches outside the zone. And so he's been more successful there, you know, highest, uh, second highest swinging strike rate of his career. And then <clears throat> I know last week, I think last week was a little rough, but when I looked at him a couple weeks ago, um, he had a phenomenal uh, last 15 stretch. He's been really um, I'll take good. a look. I'll take a look right here. And then, and then one thing that I'll mention is with the, with the XVIP is, you know, he's a guy for his career, he has a 0.66 home runs per nine. So He's at least not going to give up homers and XFIP uh, normalizes um, home run per fly ball rate. So that's always going to be a little bit of an issue for him. You know, the Z contacts at 82.5% though, which is really good. You know, this is last 15. His K rate is at 36.9%. Same rate as his O swing is, you know, so both really good numbers. The walk rate is at 10.8%, which again is, you know, higher than you'd like it to be, but not as high as he has been. So you're talking about a 20 six percent plus uh uh k minus walk and then his swinging strike rates at 18.2 percent so we're starting to see a little bit of what we saw you know a few two three years ago when he was looking at like potentially the next dominant closer so very interesting definitely at the top of my list in terms of potential save options this weekend i got him in a couple places and um yeah it was you know and, and yesterday he got a save Yep, and uh, I don't think he um, – let me check. I had his page up here. Uh, I know the um, Rangers walked it off in the ninth tonight. He did not pitch. Oh, did game. they? Yeah, he, he didn't pitch, though. They didn't uh, do Mathai, it off. Did they do it off? I, I don't I, I don't remember. It was like Papio or something like that, I think. Um, yeah, Piumps. Yeah, but uh, Matthias, second homer of the game. He had a monster game. Um, boy, it was, he, he likes himself a lefty. That's all I'm going to say. So good on him. All right, Peter Pete, Pete Fairbanks picked up in 55 leagues as high as $25, the current closer of the Rays. I say current because it's usually a revolving door, but one thing I will say when it comes to the Rays, it seems like in recent years, late in season, they kind of find a guy and eventually just kind of stick with him. Not always, but he becomes like the 60 to 70% guy where there still be some other guys that sneak in there compared to wide open throughout the season. I think with Fairbanks, we've seen it time and time again, win healthy, strikeouts are there, ratios there. He's a filthy reliever, filthy reliever. So if you can get in the back end and get you some saves, it's great as well. If not, he's going to usually crush ratios and strikeouts for you in a big, big way. So I've had Fairbanks on a few teams for a while once he started getting some closing roles. Um, I think people are catching on to that now, especially with the talk of people starting to realize how the last few weeks might play out. So guys like Fairbanks are going to be very, very valuable. And uh, so I think this is a good move if you could snag him in certain leagues. What about you, Toby? Oh, yeah. he's He's been in absolutely incredible. I mean, he's probably – he's been – Maybe I've, I haven't dug into Edwin Diaz recently, but he's been just yeah, absolutely lights out. 
Yeah, like he's he's got two, he's fastball is up about two miles per hour. I think we talked about him last week or the week before that. Swinging strike rate at sixteen percent. His K minus walk is thirty eight point eight percent for the season, right? So, and that's that we're at at this point in the season. We're at twenty innings total pitched. Um, he's got uh, O swing of forty two point three percent, which is incredibly good. Z contact all the way down at 73.1%. He's got the highest first pitch strike rate of his career. He's got the by far the lowest walk rate at 3%. I mean, he's been better since coming back from, from the injury this year and just been absolutely incredible. I was watching a broadcast over the weekend and they were talking about how he has the, um, the lowest uh, vertical drop in his forcing fastball of any pitcher in all of baseball. So he's getting an incredible ride on that fastball to go with the slider and the changeup. Um, he's just, uh, he, he's a beast right now. And I think he's going to really help some guys, some teams down the stretch here. hundred percent agree with you. I think he's gonna be an absolute monster. So get your Fairbanks lock load. He's going to be very, very, very valuable down the stretch here. Uh, Dylan Floro, there's been like some very smart reliever people saying that he's the closer. He's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to be the Marlins kept giving Tanner Scott the shot. It seems like it's now Dylan Floro's world picked up in 51 leagues as high as $18. Floro picked up the save over the weekend. Um, he's got a win the night before that. Scott's still getting his love too, so it's not a full-on floral thing. But florals look pretty good of late. Hasn't allowed a run in about his last like seven outings. It looks like so people are starting to take some chances on some Dylan Floro, Toby. Yeah, he was he was right behind uh, Leclerc on my list of uh, closers heading into the weekend, just because I think there was a little bit more uh, certainty with Leclerc getting the save opportunity on, I think Sunday it was, or Saturday. And then he also had just been run out there in that situation the last couple times, but for Floro, I think he's definitely the guy, the guy, I mean, just based on usage, they brought in, I think Scott, uh, today, they, maybe it was Scott in the eighth yesterday. Um, or maybe Scott today. I can't remember where I saw his name on, on some game day or something like that, but Floro has been really good. 81.4% Z contact over his last 15, the K rate, which is always the issue with him, he can have really low K rates because of the sinker. Twenty five percent K rate right right now over his last fifteen walk rates, seven respectable seven point eight percent. So pretty nice there. I mean, nothing to write home about, but definitely good enough. Twelve percent um, swinging strike rate. So I think he's the closer. You know, maybe he scrounges together three, four, five saves over this last little bit, and that that can definitely help some some teams. So should be on that list of relievers people are going for if you're looking for saves. Most definitely. First Reds name besides after Friedel so far here. Is Jeez. Kyle. First one. God. Took people. a while. I figured it'd be like all at the top. It's taking some time here. Uh, Kyle Farmer picked up in 40 leagues as high as $15 since August 1st, hitting 295 with four home runs. Been a pesky, just good little hitter. And this is the perfect guy for a nine game week to accumulate the average get on base score some runs made a ton of sense he got some multi-position eligibility definitely a guy that if he was available i was putting bids in there's no question about it to see where i could plug farmer in for the week what about you yeah he wasn't available in any of my 15 uh teamers but i do i have had him for most of the season in 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 my super where he's been really helpful he's got that shortstop and uh third base eligibility now um which is really nice so you can kind of move him around in all those infield spots uh, which is great. He provides the high batting average. He's playing nearly every day. The counting stats aren't bad for this year. You know, leaves a little bit to be desired with the power and the and the speed, but you know, definitely a contributor and a guy you throw in there when you have seven games in a week. 
So yeah, with the nine games, he's nice. The one thing that I'd say is he seems to be the one guy outside of Donovan Solano, apologies, Bubba, where the Reds are kind of resting him a little bit more frequently than some of the other guys. Um, you know, they seem to be having a keynote knock on wood in the lineup pretty much every day now. Um, they've been having Fraley in at least against righties every single day. So it's a pretty clear platoon there, although he was um, injured and in, uh, he was hit by the pitch in the, in the head. I'm hoping he's okay. Um, uh, earlier today and was taken out and didn't start the second game. So, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that lineup. And, and I think he's, you know, maybe playing two out of three at this point, three out of four or something like that. So still definitely usable this week. Um, you know, we'll see moving forward, but he's a, he's one of those just kind of all around contributor guys. hundred percent agree. I'm going to skip Jose Suarez. We talked about him last week. I think he should have already been on teams by now. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez picked up in 38 leagues as high as $26. He returned on Sunday, picked up the hold and an innings pitched 1K, no hits, perfect inning for Philadelphia. They've been kind of still rocky in the back end of the bullpen, so it looked like uh, a guy like Sir Anthony could be very, very valuable down the stretch here. He was awesome before he got to the IL. I think people are just purely speculating. I know some people started adding him a week or so ago, but he's back now for good. Were you in on Neil? Yeah, I was in on him. He's been really good. I was really hoping he was going to come back to the closer role like he had before he was injured, but they've been throwing Robertson out there the last two days for the save. Um and so, uh, yeah, I, it's too bad. It's sad because he's pitched well since he's come back, which is nice. You want him to pitch well, but I really wish he could have gotten those two saves um, that he would have had a chance for. But, uh, oh, well, bummer. Yep. Oh, well, bummer. Here's another one of those two-star pitches. Oh, well, bummer. There's your yeah. analysis, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's it, He might still come in. Maybe they're just going to try to get him loose. Who knows? But another two-stepper that makes you want to scratch your head, Luis Sessa was picked up in uh, 38 leagues, as high as $23. He had the Pittsburgh start tonight, we're allowed five runs, and then he's got St. Louis on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, he was not on any of my bid list at all. Yeah, you know, I will I will be guilty as charged in being interested in Sessa and 15-teamers. I didn't end up going there just because my ratios are too tight and I didn't want to take the risk. Um, but he has pitched pretty well um, recently. Over his last five games, all starts, you know, the Z contact isn't great at 88.6%, but his O swing is at 33.6%. So better than league average. His K rate is at 23.2%. So right around league average, his K rate was at 4.3%. So you're talking about a guy with close to a 20% K minus walk rate over his last five and a swinging straight rate at 10.1%. He showed shown flashes of being really good, you know, in the last couple of seasons in different stretches today, he was looking good. He was through three clean, um, and he kind of fell off. I didn't end up having him anywhere, but he was on some lists. Oh, actually, that's that's a lie. I actually, I think I started him in Barf, but my pitching is so good there that I can handle a couple blowups. I just am trying to get wins and, and strikeouts at this point. Um, so, yeah. No, fair enough. If you, if you needed those kind of things, I get it, but I was just like, I don't want Great American Small Park. If I, I just, I'm not going, not doing it. Not going to be for me, but uh, some people did like minor too, and that was even crazier in my book. Uh, Aristides Aquino, you mentioned the Punisher, picked up in 35 leagues as high as $27. Two-run home run on Monday night. Um, you're basically getting home runs or bust these days, it feels like, from Aristides Aquino. So I'm assuming you, you were all in on him or you were heavily invested in him this week. I'm assuming it was strictly because you wanted power. Yeah, mostly. Um, yeah, I mean, Aquino has been pretty good recently. Um, I've had him... 
off and on the last few weeks. Um, since coming back from, since coming back to the big leagues, um, from the minors on August 2nd, you know, he has, um, he's cut his K rate to 32.5%, still pretty high, but not, uh, God awful. His batting average is at 234 with a reasonable 313 Babbitt. You know, last week he had, uh, one or one, two, three multi-hit, uh, games. He had three hits in three games. Um, last week, uh, he has one, two, three, four of his five home runs this season have come in the last week. So again, like we've seen, he's capable of literally record breaking home run streaks. And will that happen? Probably not. But if I'm going for home runs and RBI at this point in the season, I can't think of a better ad this week than Aquino and his nine games because he's playing pretty much every day at this point. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, there's a bunch of other kind of like 30-ish league ads. The one I wanted to ask you about, and I was kind of surprised, all things considered, but maybe people are either giving up or they just realized, hey, I don't need this right now. Tristan Cassius gets the call up. Everyone's waiting for him all year long. He's only picked up in 31 leagues. He went for as high as 100 bucks in one of them, but also as low as a dollar because that's what we do this time of year. But only in 31 leagues, it's like, are people asleep at the wheel? Because I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to sound rude, but I'm not going to give like 120 leagues credit for being like, I don't need this player right now. So <laughs> I'm just kind of confused on this one. So what was your thoughts on Casas this week that uh, maybe you don't have to comment on the fact no one added him, it seems like, but just if you wanted to add him. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, it's the, it's the struggles um, early on. Probably he hit a bomb off of Garrett Cole today. Mm-hmm. So I hate him even more. Is Garrett Cole good? I'm curious. No, he sucks. <laughs> no, I mean, he's actually like turned it around. He's yeah. He has. And he's got the pirates in his next start. So let's hope that goes well. But, um, and he wasn't awful this time. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tristan Casas. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just... true. We all, we all waited for him. It is, it, it is interesting though. I mean, it's like the difference between those guys like young where he hit, hit a home run and had a steal and he only played two games versus a guy like Casas who had a full week to bat 0.095, you know, and strike out a bunch. Um, yeah, he did. He didn't have a barrel before today. I don't know if his home run was a barrel or not, but yeah, it was just, it was just surprising to me because we see everyone flock like a moth to a flame for every prospect and then just kind of scrolling through here. And I'm just like, how was he only added in 31 leagues? That is absolutely impressive. Really, really impressive stuff, but Hey, that's what happens this time of year. You never know what's going to happen. So he was not drafted in all those leagues. Trust me. So I will have to wait and see. Well, Toby, let's go over our ads for the week because uh, all otherwise right. we'll talk like Yuan Moncada and I don't want to talk about Yuan Moncada. So we're good there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, here we go. Uh, added Aristides Aquino dropped uh, Dermis Garcia who went off today. Um, nine, $9 bid, $5 runner up added Jack Sawinski in his eight games this week, struck out four times, uh, today in his first, in the first game of that double header, uh, dropped JD Davis, a seven and three added Jose Barrero dropped Colton Wong two and one. This is a 15 teamer. Um, but yeah, Barrero's got nine too, and he's playing pretty much every day. And, you know, you're hoping you get a home run and a steal maybe, uh, over the course of the week. Brian Abreu added him, dropped Nick Martinez, added James McCann, dropped Victor Caratini, um, added Carl Edwards Jr., dropped Jonathan uh, Luisiga. 
So just hoping for, um, you know, the possibility of a save there with Edwards Jr. Now that Finnegan has been, you know, relegated to like sixth inning duty with, with McCann, it was simply, he's playing every other day. He didn't play on Sunday. So he's going to play probably Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So he'll get four games. Caratini's only got the five. He did end up uh, playing today, but, um, you know, you're probably getting two games out of him would be my guess, maybe three. Um, this week. So I uh, went with the kind of volume play there and the Mets have a really nice schedule. Uh, ha- added Bailey Ober, dropped John um, Schreiber, $12 bid, uh, $1 runner up. Ober is supposed to pitch as part of a double header on Thursday, I think, or no, Saturday um, against the uh, Guardians. So yeah, kind of looking at everything, I had Ober higher than Hunter Brown. You know, Ober didn't ha- wasn't great earlier in the year, but um, he's looked good uh, pitching through the minors. It's obviously the minors, but he's had success throughout his major league career. So I, I went with that one. We'll see how it plays out. Aristides Aquino added him, dropped Sean uh, Bouchard, which was a disappointment. He was playing two weeks ago, and then pretty much I think he only got two games uh, the following week. So was just sitting there on benches. Added Garrett Cooper in his eight games. Drop Jace Peterson, eight, a bit of eight, um, and a three runner up. The, the Marlins did put together a pretty good second game yesterday, and all of the guys that I had picked up hit, which was really nice. Uh, Chavis has had a good start to the week as well. Yeah. No, no bombs, but you know, plenty of hits and runs and a few RBI too. Added him, dropped Nick Madrigal, six and one. Uh, and this is the yeah, you can just kind of see with with some of these um some of these leagues, it's like, you know, if you can, if you can bid in those, those multi-dollar bids, um, you know, you're in pretty good shape. Added Jose Barrero, dropped Victor Caratini. Um, next one is a main of mine. Added Garrett Cooper, dropped Sean Bouchard, 6'4". Added Brian Anderson, dropped Byron Buxton. You know, Buxton got the dreaded, we think he's going to play at some yeah. point in the regular season. You know, the twins are pretty far back at this point. I think they're five games or four games out of first. I would say that their chance of winning is less than 10% of getting into the playoffs is less than 10% at this juncture. Um, because they've, that's, they've got to win the division in order to make the playoffs, um, at this point. So yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know why they would, they would push him a little bit, which is sad. You know, it ends up being kind of a disappointing season a little bit for Buxton when you combine the average and the lack of steals. Uh, added Jose Leclerc, John, uh, dropped Jonathan Loisiga. Added Jose Barrero, dropped Willie Castro. Added Michael Fulmer, dropped Eric Lauer. Lauer's on the 15-day um, IL. I think he is scheduled to come back. Let's see. Uh, no, they don't even have him on the docket for next week, so just no, move he's, on. He hasn't, he's, he hasn't, he's MIA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he honestly, he hasn't been good since um, nope. you know, earlier on in the season. He hasn't really been uh, trustworthy. Um, and then in another main, I added Aristides Aquino, dropped Ezekiel Duran, nine, six, you know, Duran being a, a loss and the young being promoted. I added Tyler Naquin. I, I have high hopes for him this week. He has seven games against right-handed pitter, hitters, uh, pitchers. And so was really hopeful, but, um, didn't play today, got pinch hit yesterday. So that may not be as much of a boon as I was hoping it would be, but they do have the Cubs and the the Pirates, so all it takes is one game, right? Uh, Drop Jace Peterson in that case, six four. Added Brian Anderson. He's got the eight games, and he hopefully he puts something together this year. Two one. Drop JD Davis. Added Eric Haas, which I was super excited about. 
Yeah. Um, he's playing virtually every, uh, not every day, but like two out of three at this point as a catcher. Yeah. yeah. He was, he's hitting cleanup um, in some games, two, two and dropped uh, one backup, dropped Victor Caratini, added Dylan Floro, dropped Jonathan uh, Loisiga. Then in my 12 teamer, my OC, where I'm making a little bit of a run, I was like dominating that league, like crushing it. I got into the top 20 overall, and now I'm like, I don't know, 300th or something. My team's just faded. Uh, but this one was funny. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 bids total for the league. Seven of them were me. Uh, added Trevor Rogers, dropped Jimmy Herget, $6 to runner-up. Added Jose Leclerc, dropped Luis Urias, uh, $2 bid, zero runner-up. Added TJ Friedel, dropped Byron Buxton. Added Spencer Steer, dropped Kesson Hira. Added Garrett Cooper, dropped Jonathan Hernandez. Added Aristides Aquino, dropped Freddie Peralta. Added Pete Fairbanks, dropped Emmanuel Rivera. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm trying to put together a run. My ratios have been the issue. This is the one league where it was a 12-teamer, and I was like, ah, I'm going to... Well, I didn't really skimp on pitching, but I decided to quote unquote diversify and not get Dylan Cease in this league and get Freddie Peralta instead. And that is probably the difference between a really, really good team and what my team is now, which is unfortunate. Uh, TGFBI um, added Craig Kimbrell for seven, uh, $2 backup job, John Schreiber. Kimbrel's god awful. I hate having him on my team, but my pitching is so good in this league as well. And I'm not just saying that, like, my pitching isn't great across the board. It's just like in TGFBI and BARF, it's just uh, lights out. Um, uh, so I can handle whatever he throws at it ratio wise. Added Aristides Aquino, dropped Byron Buxton, added Tyler Naquin, dropped Emmanuel Rivera, added Sir Anthony Domingos, dropped Moff- Rafael Montero, sad face, added Brian Anderson, dropped Eric Lauer. And then in BARF, we have added Luis Sessa. Don't make fun of me, Bubba. Dropped Eric Lauer. Added Rich Hill. Dropped Nick Martinez. Added Aristides Aquino. Dropped Sean Bouchard. Added Yanni Diaz. Dropped Zach Wheeler. Added Dylan Floro. Dropped Giovanni Gallegos. Added Miguel Rojas. Dropped um, Ezekiel. Um, Durant. Or, no. Um, Hernandez. Uh, Rivera. Hernandez. Kike Hernandez. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and just so people don't go like dropping. I mean, Wheeler's fine because he's injured. You never know what's going to happen. Um, but in this league, uh, I have my ratios are, oh, actually, a 3.275 ERA, which is first in the league by 0.07, and then a 3.10 whip, which is first by 0.037. So I can kind of add as many innings as possible to boost up my Ks, which I'm fifth in the league in Ks, but I'm within 20 of second place. So I'm just trying to you know do, do the best I can there. It's all good. I get it. And if people are, you know, people might, so I know some people do like when we go over our, our news, they've asked us to make sure we do it. And on the times we forgot it. One thing that I like, I listen to besides just who's Toby's picking. Cause he's very intelligent. But if you listen to the things we talk about throughout the weeks about maximizing things, if you listen to what Toby was doing with a lot of those, it was adding Marlins, dropping brewers. Like he's, you, you, there's a trend here of what he has been doing the last few weeks. So you can uh, pay attention to that and you'll see where he's kind of going. Like Jeff Peterson, most people wouldn't add, he was great last week in, in that extra schedule of Colorado and stuff. Then you could drop him. Terrible stuff. You add Cooper, Anderson, he'll probably drop one, if not both of those guys next week. It's just going to be like a, a rinse and repeat thing, but just something to listen to besides just the names. Like there's a pattern to what's going on in this process. So uh, rinse and repeat type stuff. 
All right, for myself, let's start with first OC. I got Friedel, dropped Joey Gallo, 12-7. Um, grabbed Donovan Solano, dropped Trent Grisham, 3 nothing. And the reason, okay, I, I'm going to give you my Solano take right, right now. And maybe it was just a messed up schedule and guys were hurt or something, and maybe I just wasn't paying that close attention. But from the 6th to the 12th, he played in every – he started in every single – or the 6th to the 11th, started every single game that week. Then he played the 2nd and the 4th. So from like the 2nd on, he played. he missed like two games. Two whole games. I'm like, I can live with that on a nine game week. I'll, I'll give me six or seven games. I'm cool. Like, let's do it. And when I started seeing that, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is not what I signed up for. Cause I looked into it. I'm like, they weren't all lefties he was facing. There was like, it wasn't anything like that. It was just, he was starting every day. He was playing all over the diamond. That's why he's got multi eligibility first base. It was mainly first base that week. He's been playing everywhere for the Reds. So that one's going to sting if it keeps going that week. That's uh, not happy. Not happy about that one. Next OC here, we got uh, Donovan Solano again, dropped Alec Thomas, Kyle Farmer, uh, added Farmer, dropped Jesse Winker, gave, finally moved on from that one. Then I added Tanner Scott, dropped Justin Steele for a book just because I'm adding relievers that will work late in the game at this point. In time. I'm not as worried about saves. I was just waterfalling it. Tanner Scott, we'll see where that one uh, plays out when everything's all said and done. The next OC we have here, boom, boom. Uh, Donovan Solano for a buck. But then I, I was happy with this one. Brian Bayo for a dollar drop Justin Steele. Bayo has looked very, very good since returning from the uh, the minor leagues. Strikeouts have been much better. Still the occasional walk issue, but not as bad. Looked much, much better, though. So I'm, I know it's the Yankees this week, which worries me, but I'm willing yeah, to see what they – I'm worried about the Yankees. I don't even know. I have to check I even started them, to be honest. I think it was more like, hey, I got a buck. I'm going to use him for the upcoming weeks because he can rack up the Ks in a big, big way. Uh, the next hey, three uh, – Bubba. Yeah. Yes. Breaking news. Did Donovan Solano? No, 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 no. Scott Jenstead is number one in the main overall. I had a boy, Scotty. Nice. Yeah. Friend of the pod. Awesome. Good for him. Good for him. Go get him, Scott. Go get him. If Ben Tid can't win, give it to Scott. Yeah, Um, Ben's in third now. There we go. A lot of friends of the pod, honestly. I mean, we got Steve Weimer, two in the top six. Steve, good, good, uh, good friend, great player. Ben's up there. Uh, Big, big bucks. Bob is in second now. Scott Jenstead, number one. I mean, that would be just an incredible uh, accomplishment for Scott, um, which is, which is fantastic. I mean, there's a great, there's a lot of really great players up there at the top. And Ned Donahue is a really good player. Beat me last year in the in the super. He finished first and second. So sorry to interrupt. I just uh, good, I saw that. Good. Somebody That's tweeted awesome. that out. Yeah, he's a good like, a lot of good friends. Like you said, it's like it's one of those things. It's uh, they're all good players, obviously. But to have someone like you kind of know and appreciate, and, like it's more than just hey, you're a good player, like a good person. We yeah. can support that. So go get them. Go get them. Uh, and then my last OC, I got Friedel. Drop Shay Langoliers six to one. Um, We'll go to the OCQ that I have money left in. Um, Eric Haas dropped Langoliers four to one. Solano Farmer. So you're catching a trend. I didn't have a ton of money anywhere. So there's a lot of just throwing darts at bids. Uh, Barf League. Friedel dropped Derek Hall nine to eight. The whole Derek Hall thing confuses me. It really does. He was not that bad. Uh, Tyler Naquin dropped Emmanuel Rivera three to two. So I was kind of happy both those bids just snuck him through in Barf. And then uh, TGFBI. Do, do, do. Got Fairbank, dropped Patino, 26-21. Grabbed Sano, grabbed Brian Bayo, dropped Jordan Wick, or, uh, Rowan Wick. So, 
a lot of the same stuff, but money is quickly disappearing, quickly disappearing, Toby. So we'll, we'll see how this one plays out the rest of the way. All right, let's do questions, 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 questions. Uh, dun, dun, dun. All dun, right. Dun, dun. Larry Cardoso asks, playoff, and this is where it gets fun this time of year. Would you rather go with Corbin Carroll of Arizona or Teoscar Hernandez of the Jays? Oh, for right now? For the rest of the season. For the rest of the season, I'd go Teoscar pretty pretty yeah, easily. So go Teoscar. Don't, Ke- yeah, don't yeah, let the I mean, pedigree fog you. Carroll, I mean, he's not playing every day. He's sitting against lefties, I think. he's. They're really, they're really using him. And uh, we should check in where he's at. I know he's hit his first home run. He's got a couple um, homers now. He's got a couple homers. Yeah. Um, but let's let's see what we got still. Let's see what we got from Corbin Carroll. Uh, 275, two homers, seven runs, uh, eight RBI. He's 0 for 1 in steals, so he's not really stealing. Ground ball rate still at 56%. You know, so he's kind of being dominated a little bit in that sense. Even with his two home runs, he's got a 40% home run per fly ball. Uh, 75% contact rate. Yeah. I mean, Teoscar could be, could absolutely mash. Um, and the Jays are in it, you know, he's going to play every day that he possibly can. Um, yeah. So I'd easily, I'd easily go with, go with him. Yeah. No, it's still Teoscar. Corbin's awesome. It's fun, but let's not, uh, cloud, cloud the judgment here. Uh, Dave, yeah, and Teoscar, Teoscar is the example of like a guy that, that would be really good next year. You know, he's a guy who was going in the third, round this year third fourth round this year after last year and next year he'll probably go in the i don't know sixth round or something like that you know but then when you kind of dive into the numbers a little bit you know he's hitting 264 that's not bad that's still good he's been consistent in where his babip is you know the strikeout rate is a little bit um higher than usual that contact rate is lower than last year but it's still up it's still like right around where he was for his career and at a 30 percent rate you know you're not that worried there and he's still got 20 home runs and six steals in 452 plate appearances so you know he's that's like 25 home runs eight steals something like that you know that's that's nothing shabby and you know again like it's been a little bit of a down year across the board for a lot of blue jays and that's kind of impacted everybody um so i i you know he's the type of guy who's still young enough what is he 30 yeah he's 29 you know where um, I think he's still got a little bit of legs in him. Yeah, I like I like the way he uh, he's finishing the season after that slow start. There's a lot to like with. Uh, makes me feel a little more confident going through that for sure. Uh, Dave Petrosiello says, and we kind of do you think Houston keeps Hunter Brown in the rotation? Got me up in a couple starts tonight. That guy might be a March riser in big draft if he's going to be in the rotation. Yeah, we kind of hit on that earlier, right, Toby? Yeah, I think, you know, whether it's in the rotation or not, I'm not sure. You mentioned this about how, you know, maybe they just go to the six, the six man rotation to save some arms. Cause it's not like they're really, you know, in, in it too much, although there will be, you know, I don't know where they are in the competition for best overall record. And that will matter um, for sure in terms of home field advantage. So teams will be playing for that, but let's see how many innings has he thrown this year? He's thrown 106 innings so 106 112 innings the max he's been at before is 100 in a season so i wouldn't be surprised if they maybe had him throw like three four innings or 
used him in the bullpen or something like that, you know, to preserve that arm a bit, maybe have it play up in the bullpen a little. So, you know, again, he could be a really good, but there are question marks about what the best role for him or what the role they'll use him in is. Yeah, that that's just the tricky part. Like, it's not the talent. That's the question. It's where's he going to be? He'll probably have a nice role. Like I could see him doing the total, uh, like what we saw McCullers do in recent years in the playoffs for him. Like Brown could be that two or three inning reliever. Like you could see it in a heartbeat. They Astros oh, easy, do that yeah. in a very, very good way. So they're going to keep using him this year. It's just, it's like we talk about John Gray and stuff is, will he get enough things? Who's he pick? Like he could easily piggyback with McCullers or one of these other like Garcia's or Javier's that haven't been super deep like type guys. So it's going to come down to, is it going to be viable for what your team needs? And that's just, that's the tough part of this time of year. That's why, like I said, I even grabbed the Tanner Scott. It might be stupid. I might drop him next week, but I'm just grabbing late inning arms that are, getting stuff done for the most part around baseball. That's what I'm starting to try to stockpile for the last like week and a half of the season. That's where my brain's at, but my team needs are different than other teams. So we'll see where that goes. All right, Toby, that'll do it. That'll do it. We had two listener questions. Everyone's on the football season. Everyone's kind of wrapping up uh, the interest of the season here, but we're going to keep grinding on Toby as you got some titles to win. I got pride to mm-hmm. finish as high as I can. We got stuff to do. So uh, final thoughts as we have about like, I think three fab periods to go. Three fab periods to go. My God. Um, I can't wait to not do fab anymore, Bubba. That's what I'm looking forward to. But the last few weeks of the season should be good. I took off the last week. The last day of the season is Wednesday, October 5th. Oh, is my volume gone? Oh, no. Did it just go out? It waited till the very end? Holy cow. What happened? 